Get ready for Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. It's emergency preparedness for everyone. Brought to you by True Prep. For all your prepping needs, visit True Prep online at truprep.com or visit a True Prep store in Roswell or Marietta. Listen in as Doug and Aaron provide helpful tips on how to get ready. Ready or not, here comes Ready Radio. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Ready Radio, and this week we're going to have a very special edition of our show. We we have some, you know, Aaron, over the last year, we've had some really great guests on our show. We've had authors of, of famous prepping novels. Yeah. We've had doc- doctors and, and people who have Cheese been makers. national media attention. And and today we're having what who I think are, are our best guests ever, the of most course, exciting. You're a little partial here. A little bit. Our most exciting guests that I have ever lined up for this show. Today we have in studio my daughter Elizabeth and my son John. And Elizabeth and John are here with us to talk about prepping for kids. And this is really an important topic because, you know, too many people get caught up in the idea of emergency preparedness as something that is adult-centric because, you know, the adults are the ones who have to be... I gotta tell something. Oh, you want to tell something, Liz? Go ahead. What would you like to say, babe? Yes, you you do. And this morning when we were getting ready for the show to come in, Liz was getting together her emergency backpack with everything that she was going to need to show all of our listeners about what, you know, she thought was necessary to be prepared. And her toy possum is one of the things that she decided she could not leave the house without. Absolutely. So we have our... I cannot leave the house without my dog either. That's right. So we have her backpack right here. And in her backpack, there is a toy possum a stuffed animal dog a washcloth a washcloth and soap this is a little girl's bug out bag this is yes this is this is a four-year-old bug out bag and these are items that she thinks that um she would like to prepare with that's right. right. And, and you know, as adults, we get so focused on things that are, are essentials. You know, you got to have food, water, shelter, and a way to defend it, right? And a and way to start a fire. And we start striking matches and, and hiding lighters all over the house. And I am the world's worst about that. Yeah. I have lighters hidden all over the house. And so we focus on these essentials and the, and the, the, the things that are most important, you know, in an emergency situation to, to be able to survive and to get through. But we lose sight on, you know, the younger people in our family they have greater needs than just food and shelter there's yeah. a lot of emotional stability and that goes into this i have a backpack and it's a safety backpack and it is a yes it's it is for emergencies. emergencies and see we we think about emergency preparedness uh, yeah. on on the necessities do we have food do we have shelter do we have clothing but the you know our children don't think of it that way because they are they're concerned about their security and their stability and sometimes a stuffed animal is all the difference on whether a kid makes it through a scenario or not well you know we we need to start to look at this instead of looking in terms of you know wild america or you know something where you're you're uh you know survivor man on on the discovery channel we need to start looking at emergency preparedness particularly emergency preparedness for families more as mr rogers now let me i'm going to bring up something uh years ago the police departments a lot of them started a uh, service where when when children were involved in a crime they would give the children a teddy bear to yes. help, help them through the the issue mm-hmm. and i think that liz is kind of 
showing us that that could possibly work. Well, I mean, it's very it's very right. important to focus on emotional stability for the youngest members of our family. And you need to have familiar items. And things that, that help them feel comfortable with what's going on. We've talked so much on this show about hey, normalcy. Dad, yes, Liz. Yeah, John's got his headphones on. He is ready to start it contributing to the show. And here we are talking about how to be better prepared as a family. And, no. and you know, as we're as we're being prepared as a family, we we have to have these discussions with our kids about what would happen yeah, in we'll emergency prepare. scenarios. Right, and it's important. I mean, one of the things that we've discussed, kids. Do you remember when when I talked to you about if there was a fire in the house, how we yeah. would go out to where the telephone pole yeah. is? Yeah, and you know that's something that's really important because you know that if there's a fire, we want to have a yeah. central meeting place where yeah. we can all get together. Yeah, and talk about it. And talk about it. Yeah, and, and John's right. It's very important for the family to talk about it. And, and, and talk by then, way, too. Then we would call some help. That's right. You know, if there was figure it out. If there was a fire or something, then we could all meet outside at a central place where we would know each other was safe because the most important thing is to make sure everybody is safe and they get out together. You have to have everybody accounted for. So if everybody has a central meeting place, then dad doesn't have to go back in the house looking for one of the kids that's in another part of the yard. It can be very dangerous for someone to try to go back in the house searching for the missing family member. And John's right. You know, it, talking about it is yeah. really important because, you know, there's so many different situations. You know, we talk about tornadoes we talk about floods we talk about fires we talk about civil unrest and a lot of things that you know we we talk about here on the show that i i wouldn't want to you know discuss in detail with with the kids but we talk about it in, in broad terms so that we know what to do if there's something that goes wrong who can you trust who can you talk to if you're lost at the fair or at the mall who you know are are appropriate people to go with you know that you can trust to take care of you and you know we we all take good care of our kids i know everybody watches their kids like hawks especially these days. Yeah. But eventually, it's, it's going to happen to everybody once where you turn around and, and the kids have wandered off and you don't know where they are. And so you need to prepare the kids to know who to talk to. And Just like in Dillingham, I went into it and in with my mom and I couldn't find her. Oh, and what did you do, John? Now, in and in was the grocery store in Dillingham, right? Dillingham That's was right. a... Luckily, it was so small. <laughs> yeah, the little tiny grocery store. Yeah. So what did you do, John, when you went into in and in and you couldn't find your mom? Yeah. I searched through every aisle. And did you find her? Now, and what would you have done if you could not find your mom? Yeah. I would have asked for help. From somebody, somebody that worked here. in the store, right? Yeah. Dad, I think that's a good plan. John, he could talk to them. Yeah, you could talk to the store clerk. Right, Lizzie. And you see, this is things that, you know, we don't want to scare the kids. We don't want to, you know, give them the zombie scenarios. What we want to talk about are things that are are likely to happen and real. And things that they can do to make themselves feel more comfortable if something were to happen. Yeah, like a nightmare. When I was a kid. Like a good nightmare. Yeah. When I was a kid, I got separated from my parents at the zoo. Have I ever told this story? No, no, you haven't. And my dad had prepared me for, if there comes a time yeah. when you can't find us while we're here, yeah. look for a person that's wearing this uniform. And they he pointed out personnel at the zoo. Uh-huh. So when I got separated from, from my family at the zoo, I was able to find a zoo employee and say, I can't find my mom. Right. And they helped me find my family. And that's the kind of 
common sense basic preparations that we start out with. And I think that this is really important. Now, you know, we're going to start to venture into some broader topics, things that are a little bit more out of the way than getting lost at the mall. Yeah, like a maze. (laughs) Or <laughs> getting lost in a maze, yeah. But, you know, we're going to talk a little bit in our next segment about, you know, what happens if there's a blackout or what happens if there's a flood and, and, and how kids can be better prepared. And I also want to talk about kids' role in the family, and I want to talk a little bit about the way that we used to look at children in society and the family and how things have changed. And, and I really want to get into some of the books that I used to read as a kid and how the, the kids were expected to be more involved and more a part of the family and more intricately involved in being being prepared you know in my upbringing which is not that far back i was involved in and in, in being prepared because there was a lot of canning and and preparing for the winter going on when you're growing up on a farm uh-huh and i look at the kids today and you know they've got their iphones and they've got their video games and, and they they get to play a lot more and they get to relax a lot more than i did as a child right but they should should still know how to do these things because they're going to grow up and they're going to be adults and they're going to need to know some basic survival skills for life and learning to can can possibly be something that they need to know in their future you know my dad always yeah. said that i would be glad yeah, that he like taught me canned canned applesauce canned um yeah, canned applesauce, canned green beans, mm-hmm. canned meats, canned chilies, all these things that we can grow in our garden. And, and John's got to witness peppers. Yeah. Yep. John's got to witness me making applesauce. Yes. And and, and tomatoes. And, and tomatoes, tomatoes. Mm-hmm. yeah, and yes. it's something that they can learn from just watching us do. And you know, it's it's January. We're getting ready for a new year. We're starting to talk about farming, right, kids? You and know, gardening. We're, trying, we're going to have a garden this year. Yeah. And, and what are we going to have in our garden? Um, we're going to have cabbage, carrots, and we're going to scaring the rabbits off. Scaring the rabbits off. Well, yeah, you know, some rabbits would, you know, we could get some rabbits and catch them and use them in stews, too. That's not right. I actually want to get them a pet rabbit. <laughs> tomatoes. Tomatoes? Tomatoes. Tomatoes are a great thing to have in the garden, aren't they, Liz? What, what about a hot dog tree? A hot dog tree? There's no really. such thing. Thank you, John. <laughs> a pizza bush? There's no such thing as a pizza bush, but I wish there was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your favorite, it's isn't that it? that proverbial pizza. money tree. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, if you got good pizza, it is like having money that grows on trees. Yeah, because you don't have to buy it at Stevie B's. Which Stevie B's is good, and so is Possibilities up in Taylorsville. Possibilities is awesome. Oh, my goodness. What a fantastic pizza joint. And Papa John's. And Papa John's. You like yeah. Papa John's. Oh. oh, you okay? Yeah. Yeah, studio can be dangerous. Oh, just another thing to be prepared for as we're getting ready for, for you know, our upcoming, the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about maybe the garden and ways that kids can be more involved in the home and help their parents be better prepared. Well, we're coming up on our next commercial break. So, folks, stay tuned, and we'll be right back in just a moment. You're listening to Ready Radio right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Ready Radio, and this week we're doing a family edition of Ready Radio. We've got our, our special guests in studio, who are John and Elizabeth, my son and daughter. John is uh, six and a half years old, and Liz is now four, and they have been really excited about being more prepared and helping out around the family and, and just helping everybody get more things done. And one of the things that we were talking about during the commercial break is, you know, this past winter, you know, ways that we've, in my household, have been trying to be more prepared. And one of the things that I've been doing Doing to try to cut costs on he- the heating bill is by running the fireplace more often to warm up the house. Yeah, and it's a more comfortable, comfortable way to rela- relax in the heat because the heat takes like an hour to use. Now, John loves this fireplace. He yeah. lays down and falls asleep in front of the fireplace. Yeah. Well, the fireplace is very relaxing. It's very relaxing. Talking again about, you know, like Liz with her, her stuffed puppy dog and her, her possum that are here in front of us right now. And you know, in we, this video game, just talking. Yeah, <laughs> so we... No, and this, and this frozen blanket. Yes, and you have your frozen blanket. Yeah, these things are things that help comfort us and make us feel, you know, at home in an emergency. That These are what Liz brought to show the things that she would be comfortable with. And one of the things that John's comfortable with is having the fire. He enjoys the warmth and the, the feeling of... of good-naturedness that comes with a roaring fireplace. And I think that, you know, when you're in a disaster, let's say the power was out or there's an ice storm and you don't have electric heat or or something else happens and you don't have that right there. And Here if you, you don't ha- have a fireplace. If you didn't have a fireplace, you wouldn't have the warmth, you wouldn't have the light, and you wouldn't have the good sense and good feeling. And what do you do if you don't have a fireplace, John? If, if your power is out and it's cold outside and you don't have your fireplace, what should you do? You should... Um Go outside and try and start a fire with your matches. Outside? I I don't know. I think putting on more clothes and trying to layer your clothes to keep warm is the best thing you can do if you don't have a fireplace in your house when the power's out. Warm clothes and blankets and trying Get to... Get your hands and feet warm. And, and eat, eat, eat... Okay, go ahead and tell something, Liz. And, and uh, look if I have... Look at that I have a gross thing with these wings. Exactly. That's another good point, mm. Liz. The glow sticks. And, you know, when the power's out and you don't have lighting, then you can use a glow stick. And that's something else that's fun for the kids. It gives them something to do. And it helps them to, you know, be able to have light and them to feel comfortable and, and at home. And if you yeah. have um, glow stick ring toss, you can play a game that actually has light. And then, now, I want to share one of my secrets here. Okay. okay. I have found the best time to buy glow sticks for emergency purposes is at the end of the Halloween season uh-huh. when and and New Year's season. Right after New Year's, you're going to see a lot of glow sticks on discount. Yes. Um, but they're half off, and I got what maybe like 18 glow sticks for like six bucks. Yeah, 20 cents each or something. Yeah, they were incredibly cheap. cheap. And that's if you're if you're not able to snap them up when they're on clearance like that, you know, Dollar Tree is another great place to pick up glow sticks. Dollar Tree has a good selection of glow sticks, but the thing about Dollar Tree and I'm, I'm not trying to knock dollar stores in general or even Dollar Tree, but sometimes you'll buy a pack of five glow sticks and only three of them will work. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, the it, it's a good way to get the kids involved and another thing that helps them feel comfortable. We, you know, we're talking about the fireplace and how John likes the fireplace and he likes to nap in front of the fireplace. This is a good way to, to not only save energy, but also to be prepared for an emergency. The fireplace allows you to be able to cook and heat your home. And on top of that, it brings this feeling of warmth, comfort, and security. Right. Yeah, like 
let's say um, there is a snowstorm going on and you don't have any way to contact somebody. So what are you going to do? Well, if you're isolated from, from everybody, you know, you have a, a really good blizzard going. And, you know, this isn't very common here in the southeast, but where we used to live up there in Alaska, it was uh, a rather frequent occurrence to have a good blizzard come in and shoot. Uh, just this last week, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I saw a text alert come across on my phone that Dillingham had a had a severe windstorm coming in from the Pacific. And, you know, down here we talk about windstorms where you get these, you know, 30, 40 mile an hour gusts. There they were talking about sustained winds of seven. 75 mile an hour right and so you've got you've got a snow a cane coming in where you've got 75 mile an hour winds it's blowing snow there's snow coming down the trees are laying everywhere trees are laying down on the ground that's right because of the high winds and you could be completely cut off and so alternate means of communication either. and a tree could have bow down in your house or something so what do you do to for emergency calls like say someone goes into diabetic coma well, the the sad truth is most areas out in the bush, if you're not on a road system connected to a clinic or hospital, if there's a major blizzard going on, it might be three or four days before an, an air ambulance can reach you. And see, this is why I believe that um, CB radio and ham radio are very important communication tools for your preppers. A lot of the people there used um, um, ocean radios, VHF and UHF, which are illegal to use on land, but, you know, nobody really cared. They're not completely illegal to use on land, I don't believe. I think you have to have a special license to be a a land base. Well, you know, you can use them, but it, there's very limited circumstances, yes. and and most of the time you have to have to broadcast broadcast in UHF or VHF. You have to have a, an FCC license to be able to do it. So, I mean, it, but a lot of people bent the rules there because you know you could be guaranteed to be able to reach somebody no matter how bad the conditions were. And it's the ham radio. I've, I've been interested in that myself. That's something I'm I'm interested in getting involved in and, and learning about. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand, is is the licensing for that's only like forty dollars. Yeah. And the, you end up taking a four or five hour class. The classes are put on by enthusiasts and they're free. And then that gives you the ability to take the test. You pay your, your fee for taking the test to have it graded. And then you get a uh, um, license. And there's a whole di- bunch of different grades to the licensing that you can get involved in going up with more power and more frequencies and, and things like that. And then once you get your, your handle, you can even get a specialty license plate in Georgia that looks an awful lot like a county government plate. Scary. Yeah. Even- so. Yeah. Um. Oh, a windstorm. Uh, oh, a windstorm, and oh, a tree knocked over on your power line. That happened to us last winter. Yeah, we had during the big ice snowstorm. And we just came. We just came. Um. Um, to our new house. We had just bought our new house, and we went up there for like the second time we had ever gone up there, and it was right after the big snowstorm, and a tree had tipped over and, and knocked down the power lines, and the entire place was without power. And you would have never known and, um, until you went up there. Right. And um, we didn't know how to work the fireplace. It was working or anything. Well, we didn't. We, we had just bought the house. So we didn't have any wood stored up or anything. No. Even the even the lights were out 
dark and we couldn't turn light on. I tried, John tried, I tried that other way and it didn't have power. That's right. And with no power, we couldn't turn on the lights. We couldn't run the stove. We couldn't run the heat. And so we had to go to another location. And that's another thing that, you know, eventually can... And how can, we found it out is how I watched. I was looking, and I found that problem. Yeah, John yeah. noticed the, the tree down on the line. John's so, very observant. You know, that was something else that you know, may come up. I mean, in our situation, you know, it wasn't catastrophic, but there was no power there, and it was going to be a little while before they could restore power. So we ended up going to the kids' grandma's house for a little while in order for them to be comfortable. And we brought, we brought our toys we would ride some of my dad's old toys. That's right. Yeah. And so you brought your your children's bug out bags. Right. You know, things that would make them feel comfortable in the location that we were going to. And that's something that we need to consider. We talk so much about what goes into a bug out bag. Well, if you've got a four-year-old girl and you've got a six-and-a-half-year-old little boy, your bug out bag needs to consider things for them. Even if it's just coloring book and crayons, mm-hmm. you need to have something to keep children occupied in every situation. And I think that that emergency kit that I, I preach about in the back of people's cars in the wintertime, mm-hmm. you don't know when you're going to get stranded. And that thing should have blankets for every child that's in your car. Yeah, absolutely. And gloves and coloring books, crayons, anything to keep children occupied. Because if you're stranded in your car for six or eight hours, you don't want to try to find alternate um ways to keep them occupied you you want to have a plan for that and you have to have you need to have some food for them you need to make sure you have water for them but it mm-hmm. needs to be food that they're going to eat i mean if you have and i, I there's i am a firm believer in daytrex bars and mountain house food and all of this yeah, sort of stuff they may not eat that they're not going to eat it but right. you know you have some granola bars and some fruit snacks they might and that could keep them sustained until the the road thaws out enough for you to go on down the road what, what were you telling me lizzie just now Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't if you don't have games, you if somebody doesn't have game, you could what play glow sticks. Yeah, you can play with your glow sticks, or mm-hmm. you could make up games. You know, there's tic tac toe, there's I spy with my little eye. Although if you're stuck in a car in a blizzard, what you see with your little I eye spy might be with something my little eye, something white. white. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, and just interacting with your kids and helping them realize that you know it's not the end of the world. But I mean, if you you know you're stuck in a car with your kids, there's a lot of games you can play that are highway games. Yeah, like that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can play the quiet game, the alphabet game. <laughs> yeah, which Liz called. Your mousey game. Yeah. The, what about the, the alphabet game, John? Yeah. The, yeah. the the quiet game, the parents' last resort for sanity. <laughs> um, like us by something that starts with nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, here we are talking about ways to be better prepared in the car if you have to leave. And, you know, we went through this situation. Um, folks, we're coming up on a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, the children's... How to be prepared. How to be prepared and the way children were viewed in society, say, you know, 200 years ago and what their roles in being prepared was. You're listening to Ready Radio right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Ready Radio, and this week we've got a special guest, John and Elizabeth, on the air. Our, my my very own six-and-a-half-year-old son and four-year-old daughter who are talking about emergency preparedness. And when we went to the commercial break, uh, I said that you know we want to talk a little bit more about how society used to view children in a preparedness situation. And we've really moved away from giving children responsibility for their actions the way that they used to. One of the things that I do with my children is read them you know stories at, at bedtime, and I had read them... A little house in the big woods a few years ago and read like a lot the, like the 100 acre woods yeah didn't you read huckleberry finn to them I, too? I did yeah and so one of the things that that shines through in little house in the big woods is it's really a prepping book it's a prepping book for children because they talk about you know rendering the animals for fat and they make soap out of it they talk about casting bullets and and laura would sit on, on her dad's knee while he would melt down the lead for the bullets and and pour them into the molds for him to go hunting with and they talked about paw being gone into the the, the snowdrift and the wolves and the scariness of it and how they coped with it. And this was really a fantastic novel to read to children to help them realize that you know their, their experiences are, are common to everybody. And here they are getting ready for uh, the wild, wide world by being actively involved in the preparations of feasts and harvests and, and home. And we've moved so far away from that. I mean, nowadays people don't even trust their kids with a pocket knife. Well, see, we live in a world that rather than educating children about weapons pocket knives um, firearms etc tries to shelter them from it and the real safety for children is the the lack of curiosity about that item yeah, yeah. let's say you have a two-year-old um, kid um, and you have a pocket knife knives or guns you want to have if you have a two-year-old you want to have all of that locked up and put away so that they can't possibly touch it right and you need, before they um, grow up, you need to teach them not to mess with them. That's well, right. Well, yeah. not just not to mess with them, but we want to teach them that if they do mess with them, they handle them in a safe manner as they grow. Yeah, but age John, appropriate. you're six. Yeah. What do you do if you find a gun in your house? Um, I, I stop, I find a grown-up. That's right. You stop and find a grown-up, and you don't touch that gun, right? Nope. Now, where did you learn that? From Dad. From Dad. Because it's a parent's responsibility to teach their child the appropriate behavior when they find a weapon, a gun or a pocket knife or how to handle a pocket knife mm-hmm. responsibly. And and as John gets a little older, it's going to become time for him to have his own pocket knife. And then he'll learn how to, you know, proper knife etiquette, you know, how to keep it sharp so that it's safe to use and how not to, you know, use it inappropriately. And John, yeah. John and is very... How not to cut your yeah. hand like grandma, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she, she, she thinks every knife is, is not sharp and like your knife. But you know yeah. why? why? Because grandma didn't yeah. have anybody to teach her responsibility with the knife like you have dad. Yeah. Right. And, and here we are, you know, trying to learn how to be more involved and and that's something that you you can't have your kids turn 16 and not know how to use a knife you or can't. have never touched a firearm yeah and you know I, I was watching um i was looking online it was on facebook and there was this um commercial that somebody has produced that's an anti-gun ad of course and, and i'm very adamant about, i'm very pro-gun but anyway, um, this ad showed this little boy going into his mother's dresser and getting the firearm and putting it in his book bag and laying on the bed. And then it shows the little boy going to his teacher and slamming the gun down on his teacher's desk and saying, 
I don't feel safe in my house with this gun. And the reason the child doesn't feel safe in the house with the gun is because the mother has never educated the child about the gun. Right. I mean, these are just tools. They're tools like just like an axe. They're tools mm-hmm. just like a fire. They're tools that we as human beings need to learn how to use. And you learn yeah. to use them as a child. Yeah. Right. And it's like, let's say um, nobody, nobody knows how to um, work a knife and the door is frozen. Mm-hmm. How do you get in? Yeah. Or nobody knows how to use the gun and there's a bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had bears up in Alaska, didn't we? We never saw one. That's a good thing. Yeah. There's a picture of Elizabeth in front of a, of a Stuffed taxidermist, bear. right? Yeah. 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 That's a big bear, wasn't it, Liz? Yeah. 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 So, you know, here we are, you know, we're talking about how to teach your kids to, to be safer. You know, we want to be safe with pocket knives. We want to be safe with firearms. But there's a lot of things that they can be doing to help be better prepared. And one of the big things, you know, we're coming out of winter and the storm season into spring. When we come into spring, we're going to be talking about having a garden. And we talked a little bit about what the kids want in the garden. And that makes a big difference. You know, the kids want to have things that are fun in the garden. Well, John was telling me just the other day how he was going to help weed the garden when the garden is planet i like to pull wheat that's fun isn't it yeah and see these things are not only fun experiences for the kids but also learning experiences that's right and um like money cheese pizza cheese yeah (laughs) You, you learn a lot about being involved with the soil that's something that we don't get a lot today i think that you know our schools train kids to live in a cubicle world they do. They do train uh, kids. And, you know, that's that's the one thing I, I've realized about public school. And, and one thing that has me so um, kind of ashamed of our public school system is they teach them, you know, common core. Let's sit and do things a certain way. There's, a, there's a, only one way to do it, and common core is it. And you have to keep your hands and your feet and all objects to yourself, and you're not allowed to voice any opinions. Your opinions can't be different from somebody else's, and if they are, you better keep them to yourself. And all of our values and our freedoms are going down the tubes. Well, you know, what I want to see is I want to see the kids learn things like gardening. I want to see them learn home ec things. I want to see them learn to sew. And, you know, even boys need to learn how to sew enough to be able to get by. I mean, I put a button back on your shirt. Put a button back on. Mend a a, a rip in your pants just so that you can function. Yeah, like let's say the stores the stores um, are all um, shut down shut down um, and you don't know how to sew. How are you going to get your clothes? Yeah, how are you going to be able to fix something? You, you know, have the, to come see me. It comes back to you know Aldous Huxley in A Brave New World, is, is the, where they become a complete consumer society and everything gets thrown away. And and it, you know if you mend things and and repair them, then what you're doing is you're taking jobs away and you're de- degrading the standard of living for everybody. But the truth is, is that we need to know these skills. Everybody needs to know how to do some basic sewing. Everyone needs to know how to do some basic cooking. Everyone needs to know some basic gardening and these are important important aspects of our lives and they need to know how to prepare their food um to to store food it's canning it's dehydration and these are things we can teach our children from the time they're born is how to string up green beans and, and dehydrate them 
or how to dehydrate apples, even if you don't have a dehydrator, or, they or even lay sun, them in the sun. Yeah, sun dry. <coughs> sun dry some apples or sun dry <coughs> some <coughs> tomatoes or do what you need to do in order to just, just be be involved. And these are skills that children love. They want to be involved. I mean, when, when I do things with the kids that are baking or, or cooking or, or, you know, anything that's, that's canning involved, we, we just... We connect in a way that's uh, unbelievable. Yeah, like yeah. when I help my dad um, make some chili. Yeah. Now, I want you to tell the Christmas cookie story. They were decorating Christmas cookies, right? Christmas uh-huh. cookie. How did this Christmas work out? Christmas cookie. Everybody they, make a Christmas cookie. It, was, it worked out really well. We we made frosting. We made a buttercream frosting, and, and they were piping. And John did, you know, like these really wonderful designs on the sugar cookies, and they were very intricate, and they looked great. And Liz put a big glob of frosting on it. I was like, wow, that's a big glob of frosting. Yeah. And then I... Yeah, and then I started eating. I was like, holy goodness, this is like awesome. This is the most frostingest cookie ever, and it was delicious. Because nothing's better than all that sugar at Christmas, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And then we have the whole year to get it off. See, my New Year's res- resolution is to lose like 100 pounds. Wow. Okay, well, uh, my New Year's resolution is to be better prepared with my family and to keep my family close because there's nothing more important in life than family. I think that's a great resolution. You know, folks, we're, 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 we're working real hard here to try to get everybody excited and educated. And I know that, you know, you sit here on a Saturday morning and you listen to us drone on and on about Ebola or zombies or whatever the next the financial crisis, all of these big weighty topics. But sometimes it's important for us to remember why are we doing them? What are we preparing Ebola. for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You Why? know, that, that was a joke around your house when, yep. I, when I've been around your kids the, here. Is, the Ricola commercial. Is every time somebody would have a sniffle, I'd be like, oh, no, it's the Ebola. And they would laugh. Yeah. But, you know, we need to we need a reminder sometimes. Why are we preparing? Are we preparing <coughs> just to survive? Or are we preparing to thrive? And here we have my examples of why I choose to thrive. I've got the most wonderful kids on earth right here, and they they inspire me. They make life worth living in every way. And no matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what disease rolls through or anything else that happens, when you have children like this... Like the time we just discovered Ebola. Yeah. No matter what happens, when you look at your family, you realize why you have have to be prepared. Folks, we're taking a commercial break when you come back you're going to hear about the true prep product of the week we'll wrap up this week's discussion and, and have we're a... all this to the product of the week yep and you're listening to ready radio right here on news talk 1160 the talk of the town and now back to ready radio with doug and aaron Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Ready Radio, and this week we have very special guests in the studio, John and Elizabeth, my, my children, who have been talking about how they feel they can get better prepared and, and what they can do to be prepared. Liz is right now packing up her bag, getting ready to, to go on the road again with her possum and her dog and her soap and her her little towel. And her washcloth. Yeah, and, and here we are talking about, you know, what... 
really is the true meaning of, of preparedness. And folks, you know, as, as we talked, there's a lot of ways you can reach out to us. We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can send us an email at Doug at readyradio.net or Aaron, E-R-I-N at readyradio.net. You can even email info at readyradio.net. I know everyone here who listens regularly knows that I'm a, an attorney in the Atlanta area. If you want to send me an email at Doug at kingslawoffice.com, you feel free if you have any legal questions that I might be able to help you out with. But, you know, we're here talking about how to be better prepared, how to get ready. And we are so grateful every week for our, our keynote sponsors at True Prep. They're up there at 1000 Cobb Parkway North in Marietta. They have a fantastic store with thousands of products and, and everything you need to get ready, not only for yourself, but for your children and for your extended family and your friends. And you can get yeah, them. Like, remember when we were talking about the tree? Yeah. Dad, dad had to use an axe because he didn't know how to work a chainsaw. Put <laughs> down the tree. But who helped him mark the chainsaw? It was Joey from True Prep, Joey right? from True Prep Which came over. Which leads me to another thing. I teach the classes over at True Prep, and at True Prep, you can get direction in the use of a lot of their items. I teach canning classes along with soap baking classes, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some of those come up in the next few weeks. So if you're interested, stop on by over at True Prep and sign up for those classes. Yeah, okay. let's, let's say a tree fell on the store um, that would um, makes what you would need. So, Lizzie, you said that there was something else you wanted to tell our audience before we were getting ready to go? Go ahead, lean into the mic, and go ahead and say what you'd like to say. I'm pretending that I'm washing my possum and my dog. And that's something else that's very important for preparedness is cleanliness. And that's something that, you know, when Lizzie packed her bag, she brought a washcloth and she brought soap because she wants to be a clean little girl in the apocalypse. And and these are items to help to represent how you need to survive. That's right. And so, you know, folks, well, we're very grateful for our sponsors and everything that they do for us. And every week we do the True Prep Product of the Week. And this week, John is going to take it away. John, what is our True Prep Product of the Week? We have 200,000 colors Paracord. It may seem like two hundred thousand, but I think it's only two hundred. But yeah, paracord. So what is paracord for, John? For sewing. It's it's a rope that you can use to knit things with. Yeah, like making a dog leash Uh or making a pocket knife color color holder. Yeah. You could make a belt out of it. Yeah. But you can also unravel that belt in an emergency uh-huh. and use that paracord to help make a shelter or to... Because yeah, it has its true mil-spec commercial-grade paracord that has seven strands inside, and each one is about the thickness of a piece of floss, but they hold a tremendous amount of weight. Or... And they're what? 500-pound test? 550. 550. So stop on over at True Prep and, and pick you up some paracord. All 200 colors are in stock. It looks like 200,000 when you see that giant wall full of paracord. It is though. an amazing wall of paracord. Now, John, you got to, to star in a True Prep commercial last year, too, didn't you? Yeah, and it was about the apocalypse, how um, we have our items stocked up. That's right. And I got to do the paracord part. I believe <laughs> this was a Walking Dead-themed commercial, wasn't it? Was it was a parody, a fair use parody okay. of Walking Dead theme. But yes, the, the people at True Prep needed... A, a young boy to to wear the cowboy hat and to extol the virtues of paracord and, and John and our very own Doug was also in this um, 
commercial. So if you want to see this commercial, you can go on YouTube, type Just in True Prep, True Prep P-R-E-U, Zombies. P-R-E-P-Z, zombies. And it will pull right up. And I've seen this commercial. It's very cute. It's, it, was a, it was a hoot. It was a great experience. It was on a nice location on an abandoned farmhouse. And it looked just fantastic. And John did a great job. And everybody in it was, was a good sport. And I had a blast. And it's something that I, I really am quite proud of from my time working with, with the good people at True Prep. And yeah. And blah. <laughs> yeah. Blah. blah. The zombies. Blah, blah, blah. The zombies. Blah. oh my goodness they're gonna eat our brains yeah well you know every every week we we focus in on things that you can do to be better prepared and we usually have a topic we do a lot of news-based things you know sometimes we try to break and have a little fun like north korea or today or today and i think today had a a dual purpose not only was it a little bit lighthearted and fun and hopefully on a saturday morning a start of a new year that everybody enjoyed having something that was a little bit off kilter but more than that it brings home why we do what we do and when you look into the eyes of your children when you look into the eyes of your spouse or your loved ones when you see your friends who come out of the woodwork to help you when there's something bad going on and you know that the love is in their hearts to help you and help everybody then you realize this is what we are i mean as human beings we are a communal animal i i remember when i went to dillingham i was trying very hard to get away the most weirdest animal different colors we come in different clothes we come in different shapes but we are still all human beings and we have a common thread in each other that we have a soul and that we were created to god we were created by god to be you know more than just just people you know rummaging around here on the earth but But we know i like what john just said he said we come in different colors yeah. And we do come in different colors, but the the main and important thing to always remember is times are hard and things happen bad things, but even if we're all different colors, we still are all people and that's one race, whether it's yellow or black or white or red, the color of your skin, we're all the human race. Yes. And we like like John said, we were all created by God and we all have a soul and we all all here to help each other and to be kind to each other and to try to further each other. And that's what human civilization is all about. We spend too much time worried about what's going wrong in the world and not enough time looking at it with the innocence of a child who can see that we are all the same and we all need to help each other and we all need to be prepared together for what can go wrong. And there are things that happen that are beyond our control. But yeah. there are too many there are too many disasters in this world that are of our own making. Yeah, the commercial you you like the commercial, you want to see it over and over again. Yeah. But a lot of our disasters are of our own making. I agree with you, Doug. I mean, whether it's a a nuclear disaster where somebody accidentally hit the wrong button like Chernobyl. Yeah. Or or a nuclear our, missile. Our racial tension where we just can't let go of of hurt and hate yeah and we we spend all of this time spinning our wheels and hurting each other when we could just be working together we just came out of the christmas season and i know that there are lots of celebrations at the end of the year whether it's it's um hanukkah or in certain years ramadan and and kwanzaa and christmas and christmas hanukkah kwanzaa whatever it is but we it's a time of year when we all come together to start to realize that there is a spirit of of thanksgiving there's a spirit of joy even though love even though we speak different languages it's hard to believe that we're still the same kind of thing 
you know, we, we look at all of this and wonder what, what can we do to help each other? And we should become together and, and to support each other. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. You know this song? Yeah. You know, we, we have spent too much time uh, in opposition to each other. And thinking when, about hate. And, and thinking about hate. And we need, we need to move beyond this. She's got to tell you something. Okay, go ahead, Lizzie. What do you want to tell? Liz, you don't need to tell Dad. She can't get her dog in her bag. Oh, She's yep. needing some assistance we, with emergency preparedness of your dad. And that's, that's <laughs> you know, what parents are for, isn't it? I mean, we as parents are the caretakers of our children. We're in charge of their education. Sometimes we even help to have our parents... And we, we help them. We help them emotionally. We help them spiritually. We help them physically. And that's what being prepared is all about, is about those areas of influence and the, those spheres of their lives, to help them grow and nurture and admonition of the Lord, to be a full and, and complete human being, to be able to take care of themselves and not have to rely on anyone else, but to realize that there are times when you have to ask for help and times when you have to give help. And, you know, a lot of people get involved in prepping because they realize that they need to take care of themselves in an emergency. But then there's people like you and I that realize that there's a greater picture, and it's not just us. It's, it's family. That's right. Family. And it's it's a very family-based function to, to make sure that, that you're prepared for emergencies. Well, we're, we're talking about the hierarchy of needs. First, you start off with yourself, and then you move on to other higher needs and higher, more, more developed needs. Right. So, you know, we... Folks, this is why we do what we do. This is why we are where we are. And this is what Ready Radio... That looks like a zombie. Is he insane? <laughs> you probably just see somebody walking down the street on their phone. <laughs> they all look like zombies. So here we are at Ready Radio every week talking about how to be better prepared. Swing by True Prep. Get the supplies you need so you can be ready. Help educate your children. Be involved. Get involved with a group. And, and help everybody understand that we do need to be self-sufficient, but we can support each other, too, mm-hmm. in, in a way that is... Not dependent on handouts, but is on affirmation of being a more complete person, uh, embracing Jeffersonian principles and moving into a a greater feeling of of community and and self-respect. Folks, you've been listening to Ready Radio this week right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. We will be back next Saturday with another great topic. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. It's emergency preparedness for everyone. Brought to you by True Prep. For all your prepping needs, visit True Prep online at truprep.com or visit a True Prep store in Roswell or Marietta. Tune in each week as Doug and Aaron get you ready for anything that comes your way. Ready Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. 